Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. What's that? I'm Robert Kane. And your name? Couldn't hear you after the <laughs> massively loud introduction music. So here's the thing. You're going to sound foolish when you do that because whenever we do post-production. Yeah. And by when I say we, is I mean it, Is me. there a mouse in your pocket? <laughs> um, what do you mean by the mouse in the pocket thing? I don't get that. Plurality. Oh, okay. I see. You see, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say we. No, yeah. That's what you're saying. When, you're when gonna I say foolish we, when you said that because now yeah. everyone's realized yeah. like, you don't know anything. <laughs> so here's... Okay, go you, another you layer. You take that out of the production another, too? <laughs> another layer deep here in my uh, tangent. Uh, I was... Remember a few episodes ago you said something about high fluent or f- high... Flutin? Flutin. Thank you. Yeah, flutin. High flutin. High <laughs> Um, and I was like, I'd never heard of that before. Yeah. Dude, since then, I've probably heard that over a dozen times. What are you printing? Your bulletin. Oh, my goodness. You're going to do that in the middle of recording? <laughs> As I am right now, hot off the press. Hot off the press. Printing a uh, template bulletin <clears throat> template for bulletin. Citizens Church. Redeemer Community Ohio. Church. What's real hot? <laughs> yeah. That was the name initially, uh, but didn't realize that like nine out of ten Reformed churches are also named Redeemer. <laughs> So, anyway, Any, anyway, anyway, coming back up a layer. Yeah, up a layer. Let's, this is Inception. Exactly. <laughs> Out of one dream deep. <laughs> the one dream. of the best movies ever made. And so, when I do post-production, I level out the levels, or the audio yeah, but levels. but I've actually heard people say, like, that's... Wes has said that. Shout out to Wes. He has said how loud it is sometimes. Maybe it's better now. I don't you know. You know what? Wes, you just keep your pennies to yourself. <laughs> oh, Wes got dollars. Let me, <laughs> dollar, let me dollar. Bills. <laughs> Speaking of dollar bills, um, if you go to audibletrop.com slash simpletheology, you can sign up for a free month of Audible. Um, you get you can get a book. It's free. Enjoy it. We get a kickback. A, a handful. And by handful, I mean like a literal um, handful and not of like high bills, not a handful of hundreds or even 20s, not even 120. <laughs> a, f- a few Washingtons. Yeah, exactly. Come out uh, to play. That's the kind of kickback we get. So we'd certainly appreciate it. So again, that's audibletrial.com slash simple theology. There you go. So didn't realize we were going to do that right there. Great but partners. Yeah, seriously. When you see a Segway coming, buddy, you jump on you that. You just jump on it. Hey, so are, are the margins better on that? Um, well, so to you, give you guys some context. Did we were, you correct the font? Oh, I didn't correct the font. Dang it and all. You, did you move this at all? all I did, and that did doesn't you? look any different. Yeah, you might work on that. Let me see it. Let me see it compared to this one. I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> Why it, did you throw it? I was about to... <laughs> You couldn't reach it? I couldn't reach it. Okay, so that is a... Well, maybe just because you folded it bad. It's not a bad fold. That's yeah. an average fold. Because you know how yours are going to be folded on on Saturday nights, Sunday yeah, mornings, exactly, or Fridays? Exactly. Averagely. Okay. Yep. Unless you buy, More a, progress you there. buy a, a folder, those are very expensive. But Nope, that's okay. So today's a sad day. Sad day for the world of basketball. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Because just a few hours ago, we got notice that Kobe Bryant died. Mm-hmm in a helicopter accident and also his daughter died yeah. really really sad so saying that and not sure really why rick's about to laugh at the fact that kobe died kobe is second best player i've ever had the privilege of watching i got to watch michael jordan for a minute yeah but no I'm, the best I'm being you. lebron of course i'm with you man it's very very sad it is sad. i mean it's fun it's sad because he's um a father of four he was a father of four 
you know, he's, he's passed away. His daughter, 13 year old daughter's passed away. Uh, freak helicopter accident. Obviously everyone listening has heard about that. Um, very, very tragic. And I think it's just a sobering reminder that one, uh, no one knows when they're going to die and that people that we put on pedestals and we elevate for various reasons that for some reason in our mind, we just think they're like, a, I don't know, just almost like a, yeah, like something like that couldn't happen like, to him. Yeah, you give him almost it was like, like Roberto Clemente. He he died. I mean, amazing Hall of Fame baseball player, outfielder for the Pirates, died in a plane accident. Yeah, so. stuff happens. So very very tragic. Good, <clears throat> it's a good time for us to just be praying for them, for the the peace of the Lord, and for their relationship. Yeah, uh, that the gospel would be either um, enriched in their hearts or um, made alive in their hearts. In the survivor's hearts, like the yeah. rest of the family. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say. Um, you think I was praying for like Kobe in Purgatory or something? Yeah, I was like, this. <laughs> this isn't a Catholic podcast, but we will be talking about Catholic mm-hmm. later on because today we are talking about the Church and we are continuing the Confessions uh, series that we've been doing. And Which so I'll have to confess. Confess as we talk about confessions. Let me con- if there's if there's anything confess, we're gonna do on this program, it's confess. It's gonna take we're gonna take some time to confess. I'm I'm weary of the confessions. You're getting a little weary. I'm gonna be honest. We're just over halfway, baby. I know, I know, and I'm like I'm super glad we're going through them. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but I'm a little I'm a little weary. But a little weary. I'm, exer- I'm excited about today talking about the church. Yep. Um, a doctrine that is super vague, and most people just think it's a building on the corner of the street somewhere. Yep. Um. And we're going to talk about the significance of the church and why it's important and hopefully bring some greater clarity to people. Yeah, yeah. Including ourselves. So for those who might be joining us for the first time, we have been going through these four different confessions, the 1858 Abstract of Principles, mm-hmm. the, what year is the... 1833 New Hampshire. 1833 New Hampshire. There was a revision of it in 1853, um, but we're looking at the 1833, and then we're also looking at the 1689 London Baptist Confession and the 1647 Westminster Confession. Confession. London Baptist and the Westminster are very, very similar. Use your term. Carbon copies. Carbon copies. Essentially. Except for the parts where the London is better, where they upgraded on well, the you Westminster. Mean, you, you mean where it's just flat out longer? Dude, this, okay, this section, this chapter, which is what, chapter 26 for mm-hmm. the London and 25 for the Westminster. Dude, the London makes the Westminster look like a children's book. Yeah, it's from like here to London and back. Yeah, it is It is extremely long. It's got many sections in this chapter. So chapter 26 of the London, we are certainly not going to go through all of it. We never go through all of it because it's just long anyway, but this one is um, exceptionally long. So with that, yeah, let's go ahead and start off with the 1858. Mm-hmm. So I'll read that. And read then, it. Rick, if you want to pull something out of there, I've got something highlighted that mm, I'd like yeah. to pull out of there, but I'll let you go first after after I read so here's what the uh, abstract principle says about the church. The Lord, the Lord Jesus, Jesus okay. is... Oh, I, I know you wanted it. me to get no, no, something no. out. I'm reading it. I was just pulling out what I was going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, after, okay. after I read it. That's not what after you said. I read it. The Lord Jesus is the head of the church, which is composed of all his true disciples. Mm. And in him is invested supremely all power for its government. According to his commandment, Christians are to associate themselves into particular societies or churches, and to each of these churches he hath given needful authority for administering that order, discipline, and worship, 
which he hath appointed. The regular officers of a church are bishops or el- bishops or elders and deacons. Mm. Yeah, so phenomenal job reading there. Mm. Um, and when you start out the second portion, it says, which is composed of all his true disciples. And it's good um, right off the gate, like this defining the church, which with the church is made up of the true disciples. So not just people who attend or people who give or people who their names on a plaque or even they took a membership class or even if they've been, quote unquote, um, baptized. Yeah. These are people who are true disciples. Now that begs the question, obviously, what is a true disciple? And that we just say those are people who um, have confessed, repented of their sin, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation. And the Lord has regenerated their heart and they are new creatures in Christ. Yeah. Does that regeneration come before or after they confess their sin? Re- regeneration yeah. comes uh, after, we would say. It depends. We would say before, because we would say that the, the Holy Spirit opened their eyes to then confess their sin. I was throwing you up a softball, no, man. We I, just I, talked I, about I, this, we, like a few, no, we talked about the order salutis. Yeah, but see, I mean, I, I agree with the order salutis, but I also think it's just hard to... It's It's true in the fact that if you want to lay it all out on paper... Yeah, but in someone's life, if you're like, okay, so when did this happen? I don't think they would. It's hard for them to like distinguish the different orders of their salvation. Yeah, the typical person is not going to be able to do that. That's what I'm saying. As we talk about, like, how did the person come to faith? Was it because they professed their faith, or was it because their eyes were open prior to that through regeneration? Okay, so let me ask you this, because this is where I think I got ask me this. Would you say that the Holy Spirit begins working before regeneration, though? Correct. Yeah, drawing. Right. Yep. Okay, I think that's where we're at. Okay. All right, so that's what I'd say. Yeah. Um, Listeners, you're welcome. The church is made up of the true disciples, those composed of his true disciples. Those are people who have been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. See, this is what happens when you take the portion that I highlighted that I was going to talk about. No, 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 this is my color. No, 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 yellow is my color. Oh, okay. Because I like Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Green is your color because you like Green Bay. How far did the Steelers get this year in the playoffs? Okay. I can't remember. Yeah, they they had a turd of a team this year. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, All with right, that car- being carry said. Carry on, sorry. Yeah, thank you. So, another portion that I had highlighted, since I got to go to my second portion, <laughs> since my first one's been taken, oh, okay, okay. was that in that section of the abstract, it said the portion, according to his commandment, Christians are to associate themselves into particular societies or churches. It is a commandment of the Lord mm-hmm. that Christians gather. That they don't neglect the gathering as, I think it's what, Hebrews 10.25? Mm-hmm. Hebrews 10.25 says this, as I look it up on Lagos. So, starting in verse 24, And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Mm-hmm. So Christians are commanded to gather, to not neglect the gathering. So, even though you may feel like a certain activity, whether that's going out in the, in the forest to be by yourself or going on a mountain range or just going to a coffee shop and being alone with you and the Bible, like even though you may feel like that may be a better opportunity for you to draw closer to the Lord, mm-hmm. if you are doing that in replacement of gathering with the body of believers that you've been called to, you're sinning. You're going against Correct. God's commandment to, to gather. So don't be in that habit as as some are in the habit of doing, but gather to encourage each other all the more as you see the day approaching. Boom. I like it. Ka-cha-chow. 
Mm. Yeah, and uh, the way this this confession, the abstract, wraps up on this says that talks about the the officers as the regular offices of a church are bishop or elder and deacon, and I would say I'm just adding bishop, elder, overseer, shepherd, shepherd, pastor. Yep. That, those that's all the same term. Um, and and yep. the deacon. So I would argue we have see two offices in the church: um, deacon and elder, pastor, overseer. Um, and we look at First Timothy three and then Titus one for qualifications for those uh, people. And I would say elder is for um, is, is reserved for men, uh, not yeah. as a matter that men are more holy or they are better, but as a part of God's design. We see that in uh, the creation mandate. We see that. As the husband is to lead his wife and, and to lead the church, we see that again in Ephesians five. Yep. Um, and then I would say deacon is is open to men and women. So yeah, I would agree. Yeah, we are we are. Uh, you heard it here first in agreement. We are in agreement. Um, there is also what was it? Um, Exodus. I want to say Exodus eighteen. Is that where Jethro? Old Jethro and Moses. Yeah, where he says it's not good that you're doing all this by yourself. Uh, but that would be another good passage because he lays out some De- um, delegation qualifications yeah. to, to look for for the people mm-hmm. that are going to lead the work of ministry. However, with the church being inaugurated in the New Testament mm-hmm. and then these New Testament epistles giving the instructions for right. the officers, um, we would see why people would say just First Timothy 3 and Titus 1. And we mm-hmm. see that actually laid out Mm-hmm. In the New Hampshire, at the end of it, New Hampshire, it says right there, uh, bishops it, or pastors. Is it New Hampshire? Yeah, whatever sounds fancier, that's what it is. Well, I think in England it's called New Hampshire. Yeah, in 1833, New Hampshire. Because that's a breed of hog, actually. Mm-hmm. You know that? Of Hampshire? course. Everyone does. <laughs> Rob used to show uh, <laughs> sheep. I had no idea that was a breed of hog. Mm-hmm. However, it's all baloney to you. <laughs> hey So it says um, at the end of the New Hampshire that bishops or pastors and deacons whose qualifications, claims, and duties are defined in the epistles to Timothy and Titus. So those references, if you guys are looking for them, is 1 Timothy 3. Just look at that chapter. You'll see the qualifications for elders or overseers, and you'll also see um, deacons there, and then Titus 1, where I think they just cover elders. Yeah. Yeah, something else that I just pulled out of the New Hampshire um, is says that a visible, um, what says, this is chapter eight says of a gospel church. We believe that a visible church of Christ is a congregation of baptized believers associated by covenant in the faith and fellowship of the gospel. Hmm. So it, it's broad enough, but yet very pointed that, again, this isn't everyone. This is the visible church of Christ. It's a congregation of those who are baptized believers associated by faith in a covenant that is in, within fellowship of the gospel. It's in alignment with the gospel. Yep. Now, you might catch a little resistance with people saying, okay, I'm not baptized. Does that mean I'm not in the church? Yeah. And I would say, no, it, it doesn't mean you're not a Christian and it, it means there's a step of obedience you haven't taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's a part of the being aligned with the gospel and fellowship of the gospel. Yep. Also, associated by covenant in the faith. We have a term membership, and membership can mean a lot of different things. For some churches and people, in their, they have an experience where membership is simply um, – you put your name on a piece of paper or you're, you've gone through a class and you give enough money or I mean, it used to be like man, you, 
you give enough money, you get your name on the pew. I mean, membership over the years has taken such broad and even unhealthy um, kind of turns. You're still offering the the chair, like you can get your name on a plaque put on the back of this chair for your plant though, right? Yeah, I had a conversation with a guy this morning, actually. Um, hipster Dan. <laughs> Dirty, I, I know Dan. Dirty Hipster Dan. I know Dan. He was complaining because I was going to put my coat where his chair was. He's like, hey, that's my, that's my row, you know. And I said, well, Dan, you haven't given enough money for this to be your yeah. row. And you, again, pulled out the pamphlet that shows the yes. different tiers. Yep, yep. Once he hits the six-figure mark, he'll get that we'll, plaque. We'll be talking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, Dan. Just so we're all on the question. same page. Yes. So this is not what we're talking about. But we're talking about people who have covenanted. Okay, covenanted is not promised. It's not an agreement. It's not a contract. This is a covenant. You have covenanted together in the faith to love one another, serve each other well. And this is kind of a good robust definition i think of of the church what a church could look like yeah and that that's why a lot of churches don't even consider themselves a church until they've taken the lord's supper so they they will mm-hmm. say that the lord's supper signifies those who are in the new covenant who mm-hmm. are still walking in the, yeah. in the new covenant being covered by christ's blood and mm-hmm. uh, claiming his broken body for the forgiveness of sin which in the next two uh, episodes on the on the confessions, we talk about the ordinances, Ooh. baptism, and the Lord's Supper. Dude, which that's a good teaser right um, there. Tease, tease I see it what out. You're doing. It's like '80s hair, bro. Producer Rick. Tease it out. I think it's good because people don't. I think people have an unhealthy view um, of the ordinances, yeah, the sacraments, and in some ways, almost a heretical view. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, me too. I really too. am. Let's I just jump right really there. Good. Let's not. Welcome to baptism. <laughs> yeah. But but many churches will say that we're not even, many church plants will say that we are not a actual church until mm-hmm. we've taken the Lord's Supper yeah. because the Lord's Supper signifies the body of believers who have come right. together, have covenanted together as being a, a body that is under the new covenant. Right. Yeah. So, I'm with you, bro. Yeah, like I like that verbiage. I think I like the New Hampshire's verbiage of Hampshire. this. New Hampshire's, yeah. excuse me, I don't know why I even said it that way. <laughs> Noob. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, I think I like their verbiage on this more than the abstracts, and I, and I tend to lean more so towards the abstract. Rob's a verbiage guy. Yeah, maybe we'll just change our church church statement of faith to the New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So there was, in chapter 26 of the London Baptist Confession, I said earlier that we were going to talk about Catholic. Well, here we are. We're now talking about the Catholic or universal church. That's how it starts off. And the what they're saying there is that the Catholic, lowercase c, Mm-hmm. As you see in like the Apostles' Creed, right, means the church universal, right, right, of all believers, past, present, and future. So if you are a follower of Jesus, then you are a member of the capital C Church or the Catholic Church or the Church Universal. Now, when we say Catholic Church with lowercase C, we're referring to that universal aspect of the church. We are not. We are not. Repeat. referring to the Roman Catholic Church. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, if you are a follower of Jesus and you are uh, part of a Protestant church, that doesn't mean that when someone, when you say the Apostles' Creed or you read the statement like this in the London Baptist where it starts off by saying the Catholic or universal church, mm-hmm. they're not saying you're Roman Catholic. So just to clarify. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to hop off there or 
take that. You're, a, you're not going to be on that bandwagon. You're no, going to hop off of it. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, just jump on that. <laughs> okay. Okay. I okay. mean, I see the bandwagon going. I'm getting on. It's okay. A, it's a party. Mm. Um. And, and sub point four of chapter whatever chapter twenty eight is this? This is twenty six of the London. Yeah. And in, I'm going to read this. It's probably butcher it, but stick with me here. Okay. It says the Lord Jesus Christ is the head of the church in whom. By the appointment of the Father, all power for the calling, institution, order, or government of the church is invested in a supreme and sovereign manner. Neither can the Pope of Rome Mm. in any sense be head thereof, but is that Antichrist, that man of sin and son of perdition that exalteth himself in the church against Christ— and all that is called God. So they used the same thing Ooh. in the Westminster in section six Heavy. of chapter 25, yes. where they talk about the church. And the London just used that same language because they're like, yep, we yeah. completely agree. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're not, I don't say strange, but they're uh, the pattern that I'm seeing in the confession, they don't generally point out things like this. And so they're kind of going a little bit out of their way to point out, like, listen, let's be really, really clear about this, our view on the Pope and the church in Rome. And it's not just like, hey, that's their view, like, that's what they think. No, they're saying in the confession that it is, um, what's it, the Antichrist, one of the Antichrists, man of sin and the son of perdition. Yeah. Like, those are some heavy words. Strong words. I mean, Scripture talks Ooh. about the Antichrist, and Scripture right. talks about how there have been many Antichrists. Right. And more to come. Exactly. So, I mean, there's there's some there's some clout to that uh, to that argument. Yeah. And Martin Luther was very adamant about how the Pope is the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. And I would say I probably I probably do lean that way to ag- it's, agree it's with a that. Kind of a However, tough thing to say. It, it is. It's like such, old, a, it's such like a difficult thing to Francis like. Francis over there in Rome is the anti- I, an yeah, Antichrist. Yeah. Exactly. And so I'm I'm like I'm a little hesitant to full fledged say I'm in that camp. Yeah. But if you ask me which way I'm leaning, okay, like, it would be this. that way. This just popped my mind. The the idea of the Antichrist yeah. is stealing glory from the Lord and, and looking at themselves and glorifying themselves. Okay, yeah. Right? That yeah, be, I mean, I would say at least. Yes, at least. So, in that sense, all sinful, wicked people who were unregenerate are have the nature of an Antichrist. And those who are regenerated have still the remnant of the old, the sinful man, the old tent, and that's its desire. Because I think mm. our flesh's desire is to exalt ourself above yeah, yeah, Christ. Yeah. And so in that sense, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, to water things down, in that sense we all have a, a, can have like a nature of the Antichrist. Yeah. But this is not exactly the same thing. They're saying like this, this is to a level and to a degree because it's, the, there, as the Roman Catholics would say, that the head of the church, and we would say Scripture has clearly said Christ is the head of the church. Yeah. And so this isn't just like a, hey, I want to be my own god, I want to be my own pedestal, or beyond Mormon, right? It's like no, you are saying the Pope is the head of the church, the infallible yeah. Pope. Big difference. Yeah, yeah, big, big difference. Big. Um, and then speaking of of Mormon, uh, be, being your own god, so in section three. Um, of the London Baptist, which is probably also in the Westminster. But it says, the purest churches under heaven are subject to mixture and error. So mm-hmm. even the purest churches out there, mm-hmm. they're going to have some error in them. No church is perfect. 
this side of glory. However, Christ is coming to perfect his bride. So the purest churches under heaven are subject to mixture and error. And some have so degenerated as to become no churches of Christ, but synagogues of Satan. Nevertheless, Christ always hath had and ever shall have a kingdom in this world to the end thereof of such as believe in him and make profession of his name. This, I said, speaking of Mormons. So the Mormon belief of Joseph Smith uh, receiving this revelation from an angel of God that the church had fallen away and that the true gospel had been Mm -hmm. lost. And he is being given this new revelation from the angel of God that was previously lost and now needs to be restored. That's completely against scripture. Right. In Matthew 16, 18, God, we're told that the church will never fall, that that the gates of Hades will never prevail Mm -hmm. against the church. Not just that it'll prevail forevermore, like the gates of Hades won't win this battle, it's that it will never prevail. So there won't even be a portion of time, because that's one of the arguments that that, uh, LDS Mormon would say that, well, yeah, we believe that because... Joseph Smith received that revelation to restore the church, so now it, it is now right. never going to be overcome by Hades because it was restored, but for a brief time it, it was overcome. No. We would say, because it would be consistent with Matthew 16, 18, that the gates of Hades will never, never mm-hmm. overcome the mm-hmm. church, never prevail against the church. I like it. So, yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. I, it, well, I, I and, think, sorry, another portion. Are you sorry? Not really. I just... I, yeah, I, I thought. thought I was done, but yeah, I have, you, actually you have more. That, like I'm sorry, but you're not. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. And you're not. Are you sorry for not being not sorry? Nah, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not even falling at this point. But Jude repent. three, Jude three, to just to build off that point, also talks about how uh, we are to earnestly contend for the faith, which was once for all dif- delivered. Mm-hmm. So yes. if it was delivered prior right. to Joseph Smith, it's not going to be delivered again. Did you write this? Um. So I. I Got it from a, a resource and put it in my own words. Yeah. So, Apologia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they, like, put some stuff, and they had it pretty wordy, and so I just thought, oh, I'm going to condense this. For I like that, bro. Where'd it go? Yeah, those guys had Apologia. What do they know? Yeah, Please. seriously. No, it's Jeff good. I, I think it's really... No, they have good stuff. ...helpful to, to look at and say, okay, like, why... Here's a simple, you know, rebuttal to the LDS um, argument. The church is not has never faltered, like... God has preserved the church. Christ has preserved his bride. Um, and then to lay out those verses, I think we should put those in the show notes, Rob. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, so I think it's interesting. Again, there is so many different ideas as you begin to talk about the church, man. You, It's like if you live, I mean, wherever you live, you could go ask you know, a dozen people for a definition of the church and get a dozen different answers. Um, it's help. It's really helpful for us to be able to say, okay, what's the baseline? What, what, at at minimum, what's the scripture say a church is? You know, what makes up the church and yeah. how does a church function? Yeah. Because I've heard of these things, even you know, people who they get together and they, you know, they just have worship nights and you know, every once in a while someone teaches and there's no real leader. There's kind of like an organizer and they call themselves a church. And then there's people who you know, are, are, um, they, they, they have a term church universalist and they'd say, oh, we're, we're a church. We worship God and, yeah. you know, and, and all the different gods, different yeah. worldviews, different religions. And if you're not 
careful, like you just think, oh, that's all the church. Like, yeah. well, it's not. Like the church is the bride. Like it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. what label is put on a building or what someone proclaims that they are. The church is the bride of Christ. Yeah, and, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ. Right, and you don't get a you don't we don't get to define who's in and who's out on that. That scripture does that for us. Yeah, so it's good that we go to scripture for clarity on those things. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it's either Martin Luther or John Calvin or both, but they they talk about how um, the a church is not a true church. So some people would argue that a, tr- a church is not a church until you have elders. And I, I don't think that would be the case because you see in the epistles where um, Paul is, mm-hmm. is telling, uh, what is it, Timothy, to establish elders. Right. And so the, clearly there was already a church, and he, now he's telling them to establish elders. So you can have a church without elders, but you can't have elders without a church. However, to answer your question, like what constitutes— well, And I'm just saying, as people who—they would say, like, there's no— there's no leader. Yeah. And I think you can't have a church if you don't have a leader. Yeah, yeah. Someone who's who's shepherding, whether they're identifying yeah, to be or a not. shepherd. Well, I mean, I mean, I get, you probably could, right? And I'm just trying to think it out, thinking out loud here. Maybe we're getting into dangerous territory because the church is the body of Christ. Right? right, right. I mean, there should be, ideally, a shepherd among that body of Christ. But it's not like the church doesn't necessarily exist so think about churches that are right. in between pastors. They have an interim pastor who's not necessarily. I mean, I guess he would still be the leader at that point, right? Yeah, I, I guess. But well, I still think you could have a church without a pastor. But I think you, for it to be healthy, you yeah. should have someone in that pastoral role. Yeah, I think. It, I guess my point is, I would be really leery of anyone saying, "Oh, we go to this church and we don't have a pastor." Like, I would one hundred percent be very like, leery of that. It's like you know, well, that's not like. There's maybe that's that's not the norm. That's not normative. Yeah. That uh, that's the exception. Very much the exception to the rule. Yeah. Scripture is very clear that there should be shepherds, there should be overseers, there should be pastors, elders. Um. So, but John Calvin and Martin Luther are they say that a church is not a church unless it includes these two things: first, the faithful proclamation of the word, mm-hmm. and second, the rightful practice of the ordinances. Mm-hmm. rightful administration of the ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper. So if a church is neglecting either of those two things, the faithful proclamation of the word or neglecting the right administration of the ordinances, then they would say that it's not a church. And I would tend to agree with them on that. Mm-hmm. Would there be any exception in your mind to that rule? Yeah, of course. I think that would be a... Case by case. I think. Well, I think that statement is, or, is caveated by ordinarily, where, whereas there may be... A, so the first part, rightful preaching of the word. No, I don't think. Do you ever hear people say caveat and just always think of caviar? No, not really. I do. Well, now all, I myself and everyone else is going to think that as well. Caveat, caviar. So I, I'm trying to think. The only way that I think that there could be an exception to that is on the second part, the rightful administration of the ordinances. And it, the only way I would think that is if, because the rightful administration of the ordinances would include baptism and the Lord's Supper. You may be a church plant that is preaching the word, mm-hmm. that is partaking the Lord's Supper, but maybe you just haven't had anybody come up for baptism yet, whether you're a weekend, whether you're a year, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. So that is where I could see an exception. But I would say at that point, it's not that they're not, I mean, they could still be doing the rightful, they just haven't had the, the opportunity to display that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're still falling within those parameters. But yeah. anyway... Nitty gritty, nitty gritty, 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 nitty. Yeah. We uh, we are very obviously. I um, 
am a pastor. Rob is a pastor. Mm, I'm not yet. YouTube video said Pastor Rob. What YouTube video? If you go to YouTube.com, look up Summit Baptist Church, Pataskala. Did it really? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of them. You've been ordained. I'm a, I'm a, I, I have, but um, it's, I didn't anyway. realize they were considering me that. I'll take it. <laughs> surprise, I mean, I'm a pastoral intern, breaking so Breaking news. Yeah. Rob heard it, Rob heard it here first. Yeah, yo. <laughs> um, no, I, Rob is, is preparing a church plant. He's doing an internship at Summit Baptist Church in Pataskala. Um and so we are obviously very passionate about the church. We have a lot of thoughts about the church, and uh, we think they're all right. Probably not all of them are actually accurate, but we strive to be accurate and biblical in our thinking about those things. And I would just say, kind of in a closing thought, is that I would love for people to begin to ask questions like, what is the role of the church in my life, and, and how do I play a role in the church? And that, you know, what's, what's it look like in Scripture? Then what's it look like in my life? And how can I serve others? This is the bride of Christ. And God has designed it so that I'm now in close proximity with people that I'm supposed to love with the kind of love I, I can't produce on my own. And the kind of people that rub me the wrong way. People that give me great joy and encouragement and, and just hardship. And like, that's just the, that's the design of the church. To kind of rub off the, the, uh, the rough edges and kind of help you be more... Um, like Christ and selfless. Yeah. And so I just encourage people, man, like, what's my heart? For, do I have a heart for the church? Or am I bitter towards it? Or am I angry? Like, where's your where's your heart at? Yeah. Well, there's also that famous that famous quote by, I believe, Tertullian. It says, he can no more have God as his father if he does not have the church as his mother. I mean, the church is the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. Christ being 100% God. So the church is a mother now. Mother nature. It's a, it's a mother. It's a spouse. It's a body. So wow. Yeah, but no. I mean, it's, it's a good phrase by Tertullian, just to say, like, hey, if oh, you, if you are, man, he knew. If you are a follower of Jesus, then you're naturally going to be in the church. Um, and so it, people people have often used the illustration. Did I already use the illustration of playing tennis on a tennis court? Not today. I don't know, if, guys. If I've already used this, then just skip ahead just 30 seconds but but someone said one time that if if you were to talk to a tennis player and they say mm-hmm. yeah i love tennis i love playing tennis you're like hey yeah i kind of like tennis too you want to play sometime and they say yeah let's go and we meet up and we go to the tennis court and you're like all right you ready to play and the person who loves supposedly loves tennis and loves playing tennis says oh i don't play on the tennis court i actually play on the softball field over there mm. you would say wait a second you're telling me you, you don't play tennis on on the tennis court that right. doesn't seem right and the same thing for a follower of jesus if a follower of jesus is n- neglecting the gathering of other followers of jesus on the lord's day mm-hmm. sunday but then there's something wrong there right right as a follower of jesus you with, should be meeting with the body you should be coming together as the body right. to upbuild one another in in love and good works praise it bro and i would just add as as a caviar um stop <laughs> You've been waiting to do that. <laughs> no, no, I just popped my head. But, yeah, whatever. but seriously, people, I mean, there's people who have been hurt by a lot of unhealthy churches. And there's people that you're all, Certainly. like, if you are in a church, like, let me tell you this if you never heard this. <laughs> if you're in a church, you're going to get hurt. Hmm. You're going to be offended. You are going to have your feelings hurt. You're going to see uh, people who love you or say they love you or people in leadership do things that you don't understand. And sometimes it's the right thing, sometimes it's the wrong thing. But all of it 
is by design an opportunity for you to display the love of Christ Amen. in forgiveness, in long-suffering, in encouragement, being quick to forgive and put others first. Um, and so find good, healthy churches, or if you're in a church, try to encourage those that are in the church and the leaders to be some uh, a source of joy and strength and health yeah. and love well. And be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful to that church. That church needs you yep. just as much as you need it. So. Yeah. Anything else? Any last thoughts? Yeah. Sorry, I was going to go on a tangent. But... I had a feeling you were well, so quickly when you redirected. Said, when you said that line, like, there's an uh, old line in a John Wayne movie, but I'm not going there. Anyway, no, I mean, that was kind of my, it. like, you know, be committed. Think about what it means to be the church. Be intentional. Um, we talked about this, I think, a few episodes ago, or maybe in the one of the other episodes about how your priorities like it is the church is right there at the top i mean yeah. it doesn't come after sports it doesn't come after your career it's before all those things yes. um and so take heed hey and parents your parents church is more important than your kids baseball game yeah your kids soccer game basketball game whatever hashtag eternal. and that that is no, coming from a guy who has a yeah. two-year-old not yeah. someone who's playing sports so don't but someone like, who I did to- totally understand a ton of sports through high school yeah yeah so i don't totally understand from the parental perspective mm-hmm. however i know as someone who was heavily invested in sports yeah. in high school i mean my parents they they took me to the sports yeah and to be honest that's what i wanted to do yeah yeah however I, I hope and I pray that I don't I don't do those things when it comes to our kids because just spiritually speaking it's so mm-hmm. much healthier mm-hmm. for your kids to have a mm-hmm. faithful rhythm yeah. of prioritizing the gathering yep. than it is for them to have a higher batting average. Well, we're here to hold you accountable, Rob. Yeah, Myself and the Simple Theology fa- family. Yeah, appreciate that. Don't you worry. Yeah. All right. Well, hey guys, thanks for listening. Again, go to um, audibletrial.com/simpletheology. Get in on that deal. Um, always enjoy hearing from you. You can find us on any social network um, platform. I think. No, no, we're on Snapchat. Twitter. Twitter. No, we're on Twitter. Whatever you can find us on hashtag Simple Theology Pod on you, Twitter. Yeah, you can use that. Um, on Instagram, on we are on the Instagram. Facebook. We have an Instagram uh, account. Yep. It's um, Simple Theology Pod. Yep. Um, we have a Facebook account. We do. Simple Theology. Mm. And we do not have a Twitter account because Rob doesn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, you can follow Rob on Twitter at I am Rob. No. Oh. I actually don't remember what it is right now. It's all right, Rob. You I think it's Robert Kane underscore. No, but, we, but you can always wrong. go to our website, find all the links. You can go... Um, simpletheology.org and um, you can go to our is it Patreon? This is so scattered. Yeah. Listen. Yeah, yeah. You can go you can go to Patreon. Listen, I just want I just want to point something out. Rob's been doing this he's been doing the the exit for like, I don't know, several months. Have I? Yeah. He's doing he doesn't realize he's doing it, but he's doing it cuz he doesn't like the way I do it. That's probably my subconscious just yeah. taking the so reins. So I'm just like, "Hey, I'm I'm jumping back in this I appreciate game. that. You just you hop back in the saddle, baby." And um you can find everything you need to find on simpletheology.org. <laughs> you can That's call right. us at 614. You got this? Five. No. Two. Three, three. Yep. 1098. That's it. 614-233-1098. Nicely done. Jesus. Um, yeah. But no, we, we really enjoy hearing from you. Uh, I think the last episode we dropped was just kind of some questions and stuff. And that's like, we just really enjoy answering people's questions and try to be helpful in that way. Just take your time wrapping this thing up, man. Um, also, <laughs> if you didn't hear, 
Kobe so, passed away today. That was the intro. Welcome to this episode. No. <laughs> All right. Hey, peace out, y'all. Thank Have you a good guys week. very much. Bye. Peace.